0: Today, the uh, Toronto police uh, held a a press conference and uh, Chief Saunders said two people had succumbed to their injuries. An 18-year-old woman who lived in Toronto, a 10-year-old girl from the GTA. There are 13 uh, shooting victims still in hospital. They are the age range of uh, 10 to 59 and uh, their conditions range from minor to serious. Uh, The the police are asking for patients and the chief of police is looking for tips and info, if you were there, if you have any video, any uh, footage at all, they would like you to go to their website and uh, they've got a Danforth shooting portal available to you. You can upload your photos and video there. And they say, don't assume that the cops have this information so they don't need yours. Any piece will help them. We're joined now by a man who used to be chief of police in the city of Toronto, Julian Fantino. He's our law enforcement analyst at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Julian, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Kelly.
0: Do you recall a mass shooting like this ever in all of uh, you know your recollection of uh, Toronto history? I mean, someone randomly walking down a street and targeting victims like this?
1: No, not not in my experience, and probably never in uh, Toronto's history that I can recall.
0: Break down what goes into an SIU investigation, because the police have had the Danforth shut down between Pape and uh, Broadview. Uh, since last night and it doesn't look like it's going to open anytime soon
1: well in essence the the siu has a very specific mandate uh, to engage and and invoke their mandate whenever there's uh, an interaction uh, between a police officer and uh, and a member of the public a citizen and that uh, interaction results in in uh, death or serious injury Uh, there's also other provisions uh, involving allegations of sexual assault levied towards police officers, so it's basically an independent agency with a very specific mandate and authority that needs to be called in, and they, in essence, uh, take over portions of the investigation that then uh, should uh, complement what the police uh, have to do as well because they're not mutually exclusive. They have to work together.
0: So there's essentially two investigations, or at least arms of the investigation happening right now on the Danforth.
1: Well, absolutely. And uh, in my time and and since, uh, there's a liaison person that uh, uh, is is appointed by the police uh, force to interact uh, between the police uh, duties, responsibilities, uh, needs and mandate themselves and and that of the SIU. So evidence that works for one uh, is certainly compatible and probably very important for the other. So there's no exclusivity here. It's just a matter of working out uh, and being respectful, respectful of uh, one another's mandate. But, uh, you know, there are some things that the police chief, uh, for instance, can't do now. The police chief can't go out and, uh, as he would in, an, in a normal uh, criminal investigation, to have news conferences, disclose certain matters that uh, he would feel are pertinent to the public's need to know or, or liaise with the media. Uh, much of that is uh, is really assumed by the SIU. So it's a difficult circumstance for a police chief, but, you know, one has to respect the rules uh, in place and the edict of the law.
0: Is that why we don't have, you know, the SIU is saying they're working on confirming the idea of the man. I mean, I would imagine they know who this is because they've told us the age and the fact that he lives in Toronto.
1: Well, uh, I, I would assume that they do, in fact, know that, but there may be other issues at play here. The need to uh, locate uh, family members next of kin, uh, those kinds of issues. So it, it's never cut and dry, and I know that uh, the thirst for news is is really insatiable, especially in these very difficult, uh, uh, tragic events, but things take time, and uh, police have to follow, certainly police have to follow a, a process that I'm very familiar with, and, and so too, actually, the SIU, and, and they may be in a different kind of a mindset, but nonetheless, uh, they have to do what they have to do.
0: Uh, We're just finding out the 18-year-old woman's name was Reese Fallon, and there's a 10-year-old girl from the GTA. Both of those people were shot and killed. They they succumbed to their injuries last night. Uh, There were 15 people uh, shot in all. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about a timeline for this investigation when you're talking about, you know, it was out on a street, Uh, There were numerous people that were um, witnesses to what happened and will be part of the investigation. How long would an investigation take?
1: Well, it's hard to predict. Uh, Obviously, there's issues that need to be delved into with regards to the background of the individual involved, uh, whether or not he operated alone, whether there were other factors that need to be considered. Uh, Those things are going to take time. Uh, then there's autopsies to be done. There's a full meticulous uh, examination of the scene, the, uh, the interview of witnesses. Uh, you know, these things take time. It's a very labor-intensive uh, work, the forensics that have to be also uh, brought into play. So when you look at it, uh, you only get a, a chance to do it right once. And you don't want to leave anything undone uh, because there's no comeback. There's no replay. So it's going to take time. But, you know, whatever time it takes, uh, that's how long it's going to take.
0: Uh, but, uh, Julian, if the to
1: be understanding of that.
0: If the police take too long, you know, here we are in a connected age with technology. Someone's going to find out the ID of this guy and leak it if the police don't. And when do you think that we'll have uh, an idea of who the shooter was?
1: Well, I don't think it's really up to the police now. With the SIU invoking their mandate to be the ones, the the lead agency here with regards to disclosing some of these intimate facts, I, I can tell you with assurance that the police will be dedicating their time, energy, and resources to the full, uh, dealing with uh, their criminal investigation. and And that's going to take time, obviously, and they're going to do it right. And yes, there is a huge inconvenience, but you know, when you look at the the uh, dramatic uh, situation that 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 has happened here, uh, it it has to be done right. Uh, You know, you can't miss a beat here, because especially when it comes to the background uh, of the individual and and all of those kinds of issues, that's going to take time. And you don't want to miss any evidence uh, uh, at the scene. You don't want to miss doing a proper uh, interview with a witness.
0: Based on your experience, is there anything that would point or dispel to the notion that this could be terrorism?
1: I don't think it can be excluded, uh, you know, but that would be certainly one of the angles that uh, would be looked at. Uh, and that's why it's so important to be doing a meticulous investigation with regards to the background, uh, uh, as much as one can find out about the individual involved. Uh, his circle of friends, uh, his uh, uh, his uh, communications uh, apparatus. Uh, uh, social media, you know, neighbors, mm-hmm. friends, uh, places where he worked. Where did the gun come from? Where did he get his ammunition? Uh, on and on and on. So, you 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 can understand, and I do the difficulty people are, are experiencing. But I think all of that has to put into context of just what a monumental task this is for the police, and how much how important it is for answers to be forthcoming, and that can only be done with a meticulous uh, investigation.
0: Uh, Julian, I want to, we're talking with Julian Fantino, law enforcement analyst at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I want to play you something that Ross McLean, who's also a security expert, uh, said earlier today. He had watched the video of the shooter because there is some video and it's chilling. He's got a very calm demeanor as he shoots. Here's what Ross said.
1: What that implies to me is certainly planning, premeditation, the clothing, the bag. It would have been someone who would have had to obtain a handgun. They would have had to likely obtain multiple magazines. They would have likely have done some training in terms of shooting and in terms of being able to reload under the stressful situations like that.
0: Would you agree with what Ross had to say?
1: Well, yes, I would go one step further. Mm -hmm. He would probably have cased or or, or explored, explored the possibility of acting out in the fashion that he did. So, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, possibilities, uh, but certainly those answers, uh, which are nagging for everybody, obviously, will only come with a thorough, meticulous uh, investigation that uh, needs to be done. We all want to know uh, not only what happened, but we want to know why it happened. For sure.
0: Police are asking for videos from people, and they say it's imperative that even if you feel that the police already know the information that you have, that you upload your vid- videos or photos. How important is it, you know, speaking from the role of someone who was in that role of uh, chief of police in Toronto at one time, is it for the investigation to have as much video footage or uh, information from bystanders as possible?
1: It's absolutely critical because very often uh, the task for the police is not only to to solicit or to receive uh, information and conduct those kinds of investigations, but it's all those pieces that eventually need to be put together. you know it's connecting the dots or or putting the puzzle together, but it's absolutely critical, not only video, but anything that may in some way play into this. And the only people that can make that determination, whether it's important or not, is really the police, the, the investigators who have pieces of this and pieces of that. And, and all of these little things, uh, sometimes big things, are significant in, in resolving, at least finding out as much as one can about what uh, what happened in this particular tragedy.
0: Stats from the Toronto Police say that there have been 28 shootings compared with 18 at this point last year—a 55% increase. Uh, is modernization—is this a symptom? Is this a symptom that modernization may not be working? That was suggested today on social media.
1: Well, I, I won't go there, Kelly, uh, because I don't know all the ins and the outs. The only—the only thing I can tell you, and you can well. And the listeners can well appreciate this as well the 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 amount of work that's being done now uh, is being done through labor uh, intensive uh, follow up and and uh, police work uh, uh, on the street talking to people those kinds of issues so there has to be a balance the science and the technology can be a big help but uh, you can't you can't in any way uh, underestimate the importance uh, of, uh, of labor-intensive work that the police officers have to do,
0: Julian. I appreciate your time today. It's been uh, it's been very insightful. Thank you so much for being here.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Cheers, Julian Fantino, law enforcement analyst at Global News Radio six forty Toronto.